48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, the chief executive, Carrie Lamb, says she's not throwing in her hat, throwing her hat in the ring, rather, for a second term, but plans to retire. An infectious disease expert queries the government's plan to have Hong Kongers self-test for COVID this week. And Ukraine's president accuses Russia of targeting civilians. But Moscow rejects the accusations. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has announced that she's not seeking a second term in office. Speaking at a press conference, the outgoing Hong Kong leader said she's informed Beijing of her decision in March last year and they respected her wishes. Mrs. Lam says the only reason she's stepping down is because her family thought it was time. This is a question of my personal wish and aspiration. And my personal wish and aspiration is entirely based on my family consideration. Uh, This is what I have uh, told uh, the Central People's Government, and they have expressed understanding. Uh, So I am taking this earliest opportunity to inform the public uh, through the media that I will not contest uh, in the uh, coming uh, chief executive election. The nomination period to select the chief executive selection is now underway, and Mrs. Lam says her administration will ensure the upcoming poll to be held on May the 8th will be conducted smoothly, adding that fighting COVID-19 remains her priority. The chairman of the Lan Kwai Fong Group, Alan Zeman, says he wasn't surprised by Mrs. Lam's announcement. He said she'd had a difficult job trying to steer Hong Kong through the Omicron outbreak and had tried her best. Initially, I was kind of expecting it because just her tone and the way the uh, times that she's had the press conferences, the 11 a.m. press conferences, just watching her body language, I just felt that there was a good chance that she would just finish her term and, and that was it. I think that in general, she's had her hands full and also being in, in the middle between the international community, uh, the international borders, and of course, the Chinese borders being closed is not easy. An infectious disease expert says the plan to ask residents to self-test for COVID for three days this week using government-supplied rapid antigen tests is not an effective way of gauging the SAR's COVID situation. Speaking to RTHK's COVID update program, Professor Malik Paris from the University of Hong Kong said some people, such as the elderly, might have difficulty uploading their results. But he said the voluntary testing could help reduce COVID transmission if people who test positive are allowed to choose where they self-isolate. If the aim is to allow people to test themselves, and if you are positive, you are encouraged to report it, and if you are positive, either you stay at home or if you, or if you wish, you can go to a government clinic, get treatment, etc., and leave that free to people to decide, then that might work better to reduce transmission because people who don't know they are infected may be infected and allowing them to find that out and isolate themselves of their own free will definitely would be helpful. A green group says more people are hiking in the Hong Kong countryside and they're leaving a mess. The Green Earth launched 79 cleanups between January and March, collecting around 15,000 pieces of rubbish. They said tissues, cigarette butts are the most common type of rubbish, but a project officer with the group, Antipas Poon, says they also found masks and rapid antigen test kits. We see tissue, wet tissue, or even masks is also something that is hard to decompose. Some of them make a plastic, so they only break down to very small pieces. Under the pandemic situation, masks become a common trail ways in this state. This is another problem that we found this year. 
Turning overseas, Ukraine's president has declared that his country will win the war against Russia in a video address condemning the alleged targeting of Ukrainian civilians. Volodymyr Zelensky's impassioned comments followed the announcement by Ukraine's prosecutor general that more than 400 bodies had been recovered from towns near the capital, Kiev. He accused Russian forces of committing genocide against Ukrainians as they withdrew from those areas. I want every mother of every Russian soldier to see the bodies of dead people in Bucha, Urbin and Gustamal. What did they do? Why were they killed? What did a man who rode a bicycle down the street do? Why did you try to kill ordinary, peaceful people in an ordinary, peaceful city? There's been international condemnation of the killings in the town of Bucha, but Russia's defense ministry categorically denied responsibility and described the videos and pictures of civilian corpses as another provocation. Hungary's nationalist prime minister, Viktor Orban, has claimed victory in the general election after partial results gave his Fidesz party a commanding lead. The opposition, which had united behind a single leader in an effort to unseat Mr. Orban, has admitted defeat. With 70% of the vote counted, Fidesz has 135 seats in the 199-member parliament. Mr. Orban addressed his supporters in the capital, Budapest. We're looking good. We're looking better and better. In fact, we probably haven't looked as good as we do tonight. Dear friends, we have achieved a huge victory. The entire Sri Lankan cabinet, except the prime minister, has resigned as protests continue against the government's handling of a severe economic crisis. Sri Lanka's outgoing education minister told reporters his colleagues had stepped down so that the president could form a new cabinet. Only the prime minister, Mahinda Rajapaksa, remains in office, while his elder brother, Gotabaya, continues as president. Here's the BBC's Anbarasa Nathirajan. All the ministers have submitted their resignations and they are in the process of forming a coalition party government at the moment so that they can do a fresh start over many issues. But I'm not sure how that's going to reduce the anger of the public who have been facing this huge rise in various essential commodities. Prices are going up double or even sometimes treble and the shortage of diesel resulting in rolling power cuts and public transport severely affected and many aspects of life have come to a standstill because of this ongoing economic crisis. The 19-year-old singer Olivia Rodrigo has won Best New Artist at the Grammy Awards in Las Vegas. The former actor beat stiff competition from the rappers Sweetie and the Kid Leroy. Song of the Year has gone to Silk Sonic, which is made up of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock. There is also success for the band The Foo Fighters. Katie Matthews is an entertainment journalist. They have won all three Grammys that they were nominated for. Best Rock Song, Best Rock Performance, and against rock, Best Rock Albums. Uh, Billie Eilish performed, and at the end of her song, she pointed to her T-shirt, which had a picture of Taylor Hawkins. Uh, as we know, the recent uh, death of Taylor Hawkins, who was a member of the Foo Fighters. So her tribute to uh, Taylor Hawkins during the ceremony was, was really wonderful to see that uh, in her electric performance. Police in the United States have said that multiple shooters were involved in an attack that left six people dead and 10 others wounded in the California state capital, Sacramento. The mass shooting took place early yesterday morning in an area packed with bars and restaurants. The authorities in Ecuador say at least 12 people have died in the latest deadly riot to erupt in the country's overcrowded prison system, this time in the southern province of Azue. The BBC's Kat Wiener reports. 
A government minister said the violence at El Turi had been sparked by one criminal gang attempting to extend its control within the jail and being repulsed by other groups. He added that 90 prisoners had been evacuated, including 10 who were wounded. Ecuador's human rights organization said the crisis within the country's prisons, which are notoriously overcrowded and violent, was the result of years of neglect. Last year, more than 300 prisoners died in gang warfare over control within Ecuador's jails, prompting the United Nations to call in December for urgent and effective government action to, as they put it, stop further carnage. British media are reporting that police have issued fines over a party held at the Prime Minister's residence in breach of coronavirus restrictions the night before the funeral of the Queen's husband, Prince Philip. Some of those who attended the gathering at 10 Downing Street in April 2021 have been told there are reasonable grounds to believe they committed an offence. Palestinians in East Jerusalem have clashed with Israeli police after evening prayers marking the second night of Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Witnesses say Palestinians who'd gathered at Damascus Gate in the old city threw objects, including bottles and stones, at police, who responded with tear tear gas and stun grenades. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,329. That's 289 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $50.4 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar will buy you 122.7 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. To sport, we start with the English Premier League and Tottenham's return to the top four. Here he is on the ball now, on the halfway line. Gives it to Lucas Moore, the substitute. Breeze past a couple of challenges. Tucked it through to Bergvine, who slides it in for five. Oh, this is Tottenham's day, all right. It's a statement victory in their race for Champions League football. Tottenham thrashed Newcastle 5-1 to one to move into the top four for the first time since September. Spurs have won five of their last six games to go level on points with Arsenal, who play tonight. One of the goal scorers, Ben Davies, says the two London clubs are feeling the pressure. Yeah, look, you'd always rather get uh, get the points on board than, than be chasing fixtures. So, it's yeah, we've done our job and um, hopefully results can go our way. But a clear target with this momentum and the results you're picking up now. It's going to be some race, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. We know that... Um, that the pressure's on us a bit, and uh, we have to use that pressure to, to drive us forward, really. Arsenal can go back into fourth place if they avoid defeat at Crystal Palace. West Ham are sixth in, in the table after beating Everton 2-1 at London Stadium. Jared Bowen marked his comeback from injury by scoring the second-half winner. The Hammers moved above Manchester United are, and are within three points of the top four. Here's their manager, David Moyes. I think after coming back from international duty and uh, and getting a game, it was important that we tried to pick three points up today just for, for where we are. Keeps us in the hunt for a European place, hopefully. But uh, we've done a good job. I thought the players done a really good job. You know, made it a bit more difficult at times than we should have, but overall, uh, a really good professional job by the boys. Everton are fourth from bottom, just three points above the drop zone. Their next game is at fellow strugglers Burnley. Everton manager Frank Lampard says they must do all they can between now and the end of the season to preserve their Premier League, Premier League status. Ten games is a lot of points, so if our luck turns, if we keep on the path that we showed today and we showed against Newcastle in our last game, then I have a real strong belief we'll be okay. But I'm standing here now saying that means nothing. I bet there's 10 games. So I'm going to be asked probably 100 times in the next week or two about you know how far will it go, what will it take. We just have to focus on ourselves. The next game's huge because it's Burnley, but also because it's our next game. And then after that, we move on to Manchester United. 
In Spain, Barcelona scored 1-0 win over Sevilla to climb above their opponents and Atletico Madrid into second in La Liga. The three clubs are level on 57 points. Real Madrid are the runaway leaders on 69 points. In the Italian Serie A, Napoli beat Atalanta 3-1 to go level on points with the leaders AC Milan who play tonight. Third place Inter were 1-0 winners at Juventus. In the NBA, the free-falling Los Angeles Lakers have been beaten by Nikola Jocic and the Denver Nuggets. The Joker took advantage of LeBron James' absence, scoring 38 points while grabbing 18 rebounds in a 129-118 Nuggets win. Denver moved into fifth in the West. The Lakers are 11th following their sixth loss in a row. Anthony Davis had 28 points in defeat. Golf now, and Jennifer Kupcho held her nerve to clinch the first LPGA Tour victory of her career, winning the Chevron Championship after firing a closing two-over par 74. The 24-year-old from Colorado finished on 14-under par, two shots clear of Jessica Korda, who was 12-under. Slovenia teenager Pia Bapnik finished third on 11-under. Japan's Hinako Shibuna, France's Celine Boutier, U.S. star Lexi Thompson, and 2021 champion Patty Tavatanikit we're tied for fourth on 10 under. J.J. Spawn has fired a three under par to claim the first victory of his career at the Texas Open and booked a spot in the Masters next week in Augusta. The world number 242 from Los Angeles recovered from a disastrous opening hole to finish on 13 under for the tournament at San Antonio. Australia's Matt Jones and Matt Kuchar tied for second on 11 under. Canadian Adam Hadwin, Troy Merritt, Charles Lowell III, and overnight co-leader Bo Hostler were a further shot back on 10-under. Rugby now, and Australia has been named as the preferred candidate to host the Women's 2029 Rugby World Cup. It's already hosting the men's tournament in 2027. Netherlands coach Louis van Gaal says he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer but still plans to lead his team at the World Cup. Uh, in Qatar in seven months' time. The 70-year-old said he's already undergone 25 bouts of radiotherapy. And looking at the weather, it will be fine and very dry during the day with moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong off for, offshore. The outlook fine and dry in the next few days with temperatures rising gradually. The temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large, and it will be hot during the day later this week. Currently at the temperature, it's 24 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 35% and the red fire danger warning is in effect. To end the news, here's our top stories. Once again, the chief executive, Carrie Lamb, says she's not throwing her hat in the ring for a second term, but plans to retire. An infectious disease expert queries the government's plan to have Hong Kongers self-test for COVID this week. And Ukraine's president accuses Russia of targeting civilian, but Moscow rejects the accusations. And that's the news from RTHK. Mama said you are a serial killer, but I didn't believe her. I saw your face in the paper, look just like my next door neighbor. When they say about brotherly love, come on and give a hoodie a hug. No, don't be shy, don't be shy. They don't bite, they don't bite. Dreadlocks moving in around the corner. Put the kettle on and invite him over. And anything you want to borrow, it's no butter. Be good to him today and he'd be good to you tomorrow. Say him, oh, oh. 
Welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. Hope you've had a nice weekend and stayed warm and safe. On the show today, we celebrate National Children's Day. After 1.30, my guest Keon Lee, General Manager of Fast International Youth Theatre in Hong Kong, joins me with news of the upcoming summer activity program for young people. After 2 p.m., my guest will be Manoj Dhar, co-founder of iBell and students at iBell, Smitri Rai and Christian Sabha. iBell Integrated Brilliant Education is a registered Hong Kong charity that actively supports students from underprivileged non-Chinese communities by providing high-quality education and social support. And I'll be talking to the students to find out how iBell has helped them. And then after 2.30, my guests are mother and son Shirley Shea and Miguel Wang. Miguel is 11 and is probably one of Hong Kong's youngest entrepreneurs, pursuing his interest in crypto, 
NFTs and he's doing tutorials on YouTube. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking to him a little bit more, a little bit of an update as to some of the challenges he faces 